this is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. Guys, listeners, welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. On this episode, we have Mr. Vincent Willis, who literally places the art in heart, applying healing to the hurt. Vincent is a local talented tattoo artist aiming to provide a solution towards the human need for expression via ink and consultation. Check it out. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the the latest episode of the glory in our stories i'm your host calvin wayne Pennywell jr um today had the distinct pleasure of sitting down sitting across mr vincent willis uh, the tattoo you, man. artist man, Steve, man. <laughs> long time coming between you and i yeah man bro man yo we um history man we we met um back at target uh, he was working electronics yeah you remember that yeah Back in the day, that was summer times for us, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was uh, it's been over, well over, ten years. Yeah, maybe well longer than that. Yeah, it's been past a decade now for sure. Dang, man. That's back in 05, 06 yeah. sometime. Yeah. It's wild. Since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, but full circle now, man. Ten years later. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the cool thing about it was because I've been seeing his, he's a tattoo artist. Uh, I've been seeing his work online, and uh, it's just been progressing. And I'm like, this kid, this dude is just, he's staying at it, and he's just getting better and better and better, and it's getting more detailed and, and more. Each piece looks like it's more personal. Yeah. It's not generic. No, it's not. It's not. You could definitely tell. At least I would hope you could tell. You know, there's a lot more soul put into it uh, just because of the clients and the environment. The, yeah. the tattoo game and the industry is really changing. So I'm hoping to bring the, what we have to offer in today's age mm-hmm. to that, what was originally established here in the West. Yeah. yeah. Were you doing tattoos back then when we no, first started? No, man. Back when we first met at Target, you know, that was just a summer gig for extra cash. Yeah. Um, I had just got out the Navy around that time. Wow. And I was going through transition into civilian life. Mm-hmm. That was I was at Target right before I picked up uh, teaching over at Augusta Technical College. Oh, okay. And uh, I became the webmaster, so that was a just a transitional phase. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I wasn't what I was drawing. I've been drawing my whole life. Yeah. I was that kid back in middle school selling like Dragon Ball Z and anime pictures for ice cream. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, low key. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. Was wild because I remember us like having conversations at Target, and you telling me you were going to be a writer and that's what you love. And, like now to watch both of our progression to now meet here, mind blow. Yeah, yeah, it's mind blowing. I was uh, I was watching. Of course, you know today was the uh, memorial service for Gigi and Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's deep, man. And um, I was hearing um, Michael Jordan talking about his relationship with Kobe, and he said, "When you're passionate about something, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. you will walk to get it. Oh yeah, you will crawl to get it. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, 
that's exactly what I've seen, not just in you, uh, but other people that I've been around in the last 10 years. Because you hear people say stuff like, I'm going to do right. this. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, you meet up with them like, right. I thought you were doing this. What happened? Right, right. And it's like, well, life. And yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. But the funny thing is, number one, I didn't know you were previously in the military. I had no idea. I, if yeah. you told me, I don't remember. Yeah. But I had no idea. It was short-lived. Yeah. It was short-lived. But I enjoyed my time. You know? yeah. And then after that, just kind of flexed into trying to get everything else different. I wasn't a very nine to five man, so I think that's why tattooing called to me. Yeah, the arts are very liberal and allow you to move. If you're in fluidity and yeah. through flow, you can do your own thing. So I think that's why the arts called to me that way. Oh, well, that's what's up. Yeah, man, it's wild. I've been hearing a lot of people say, like, openly say, you know what, nine to five is not for me. That's true. And for a typical Americans, it's like, are you serious? How are you gonna make money? How are you gonna support your family? Yeah, well, you know, it's. Uh, I think people are starting to finally wake up to that. Yeah. I think it's been, you got to think about it, right? We're less than three grandmothers away from what society would call slavery. That's true. Right? Yeah. We're two 75-year-old grandmas away, 150 years, plus one generation. Mm-hmm. And nine to five was instilled when Europeans came over and conquered the West, even though a 24-7 work schedule was already laid out for you by the indigenous. Yeah. So... You know, it's much deeper than that, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah it's, I think people are starting to wake up to that, man. I really feel as if just even us having a conversation and noticing and observing that mm-hmm. says volumes. Yeah. yeah. So what, what inspired you to get into um, being a tattoo artist specifically? Was it something, oh. something that you've been wanting to do for a minute? You know, so this is my general answer when people ask me that all the time. I'll give you more in depth afterwards. The general answer is when I was teaching at Augusta Tech, I was their webmaster. Mm -hmm. And um, I finished out their project. And after I finished out their project, I was let go. But Mm -hmm. this was 2011. So I had just finished up, you know, basically revamping the whole website, getting online course schedules with Blackboard and Oracle around that time, Mm -hmm. you know, mesh. That was around the beginning of hybrid classes. Yeah, uh, and so when I developed that, designed that for them, after I was done, you know, long story short, I made some bad decisions, and they let me go. Well, yeah. either way, my mentor, who was a dean at the college at the time, she said, "You're just way too talented, and what you're doing, you can do privately." Anyhow, she said, "Help me set up my companies to start my IT consulting firm." Yeah, and in the meantime, while we're transitioning to that. It was a quick pivot. She also introduced me to some tattoo artists that were family. Wow. And while we get to talking and chopping it up and things started like progressing into like, no, you're already artists. You brought us this piece. Why haven't you tried this medium? Because you got acrylic, oils, watercolors, charcoals, pencils, salt, water. You've got so many different mediums of art, right? Yeah. Including writing. Mm. And it was like, try this medium. Well, I decided to try it. I ordered my first kit. I had it delivered to my office at Augusta Tech. Mm-hmm. I called my best friend to bring it to me. Uh, and man, sure enough, it was beautiful. It was like, wow, it took off. Yeah. I started off with a crazy ride, man, crazy ride. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's what inspired me initially. Um, and as I would say, six months into a year of the progression, when you pick it up, you're not truly inspired. You're like, okay, I gotta learn a new craft. This is tough. Yeah. But what truly inspired me was really 
getting to meet people on a much, much personal and deeper level than mm-hmm. just the generic, hey, how you doing? Let's have drinks, right? Mm-hmm. You get to start meeting people's soul through their art, start seeing their subconscious through how they want to manifest physically the image in their head of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a tidal wave through something like that. So that's what really inspired me, the ups and downs of that, mm-hmm. seeing the angelic and the demonic side of that, and then kind of... Mm-hmm figuring out what life was all about through that process yeah it's funny you said that because for a while you know Jim Carrey had been out of acting for about a couple of years Mm -hmm. and you see him with the beard and you see him with his with his artwork yeah and I didn't know he was a cartoonist in a while man his level of intellect is mind-boggling man oh it's beyond and and if he shows that like to the average what we can consider the average person like this looks crazy and like no when he explains it it makes sense yeah definitely he's in tune with what's really resonating yeah you've got mainstream you've got media you've got local but what's truthful and resonating throughout all Mm -hmm. is flow you can tap into it kind of like how you were saying with Michael and Kobe you know they're greats and legends because they could tap into flow. Yeah. If you could tap into it, it's limitless. Yo, thank you all for listening so far. Keep tuning in as we take a break and be right back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to The Glory in Our Stories. If you are an avid reader and looking for a good book to get into, check out Glitter Husk by Derek Barry, a highly talented poet in Aiken, South Carolina. You can order his poetry chapbook online at DerekBarryWriter.com. That's DerekBarryWriter.com. Or try to grab a copy at the Book Tavern in Augusta, Georgia. Derek Berry has a very profound way of illustrating the human experience. Again, check out his latest chat book, Glitter Husk. And now, back to the episode. Staying on that path consistently, and even going back to just that, the Mamba mentality, mm-hmm. that consistency. I mean, there are people who tell stories about Kobe all the time. They were like, we would say, I'm about to go to the club. Kobe said, I'm about to go to the gym. Right. And you're like, well, and you see the payoff. In the hard work, for sure, and 100%. just to see that progression mm-hmm. is is beautiful, and it just reminds you. If I stick to this yep. long enough, yep. not only can I create something that's just awesome, but create mm-hmm. something that affects culture. Oh yeah, something that creates people. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Like you say, mama mentality, man. It's um, uh, man, that's just. I guess another aspect of the inspiration, right? Because yeah. as we're watching all of these greats come up, we've watched a lot of folks come up. Yeah, man. Even through mainstream media or personal levels. Think about that. Mm. Wouldn't you say an aspect of their life is playing into yours as inspiration? You've yeah. seen people just progress, progress, progress. Yeah. So, yeah, I could use that as inspiration too, man. I think that's more of a path for people to see those things yeah we learn through observation example wow yeah. so who, how would you say 
the difference between what's the major difference between who you are now as an individual and an artist and who you were like 10 years ago perspective yeah perspective is the main thing for sure i think back then in adolescence we're all ignorant blissfully yeah. ignorant to a lot of things yeah um outright stupid right <laughs> outright dumb i mean we're talking about wow 10 years at 21 i did some stupid things yeah real stupid things i mean you could just fact check my record <laughs> you know what i mean it's crazy to think that and uh perspective changes all of those things yeah i think um i think we all have a little bit of that good and evil in us mm -hmm. so to go through tough times at first turns you or evolves you into the person you're supposed to be in exactly. angelic form you know and i think uh a lot of that has to happen to be the example of like, no, this isn't what you want to do. Here's what I've laid before you. Will you seize the opportunity type of situation? Yeah. And I remember, um, and it's funny, man, going back to 2005, 2006, when, when I did first start working at Target, I was young. I, mean, I wasn't even in college yet, yeah. trying to figure things out. And um, the irony in that is that, uh, first of all, for those of you who are listening, um, dude brought me a gift. Like, that's... No one's done that. Oh, wow, man. That's, and I'm thinking, oh, he's about to show me something. Like, no, nah, this is for you. And it's just... Something that's personal like that. And the book. Yeah. Seeing that you I have the your book. book man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. no problem, man. It's just support. It's love. You know what I mean? Reciprocity, for sure. Yeah. I was hoping that you'd sign it for me, man. Well, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. will. Sure. I will, but uh, it's funny because that at that point, like in 2005, 2006, yeah. that was still a dream, and that wasn't even written yet. And now manifesting in front of you, yeah. here I am, a purchase of your book, man. <laughs> I'm here to support, man. It's big. You know, those types of things don't happen very often in life yeah. with people that you cross paths. You would think they would, mm -hmm. but replaying your head how many times something like this has really happened, it's rough. It is. It's a roll. It's a roll of the dice sometimes with people. So, so it's, and speaking of crossing paths, I'm pretty certain that you you were just speaking about the conventions that you went through. Mm -hmm. Like, what type of experiences did you have? Like, to be in a, uh, the proximity mm -hmm. of other artists like you, and probably even mm -hmm. others that just like to you mind blowing guys made you feel like um, minuscule. Yes. Yeah, man. It's obsolete. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. Talent around the world is on many levels of course yeah in our industry uh i see a stigma of tattooing should be done this way mm -hmm. and it's more of the generational gap i would say um you know from old school artists to new school artists so to meet some of the newer artists who are doing hyper realism like if you just google kobe portraits today right yeah or let's just say another iconic person that may have passed nipsey right mm -hmm. you see these beautiful beautiful portraits right and you're like wow how did they get the details so real like it looks like them yeah. on skin and it's mind-blowing you sit there and you try to keep up you feel minuscule even though you know you're in a room with legends right yeah I guess I would compare it to maybe sitting on the bench while Kobe's playing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I may be on the bench still getting paid, but I'm not Kobe. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're like, oh man, like this is wild. And um, it's an honor first because you know you're in the room. 
Yeah. Second is a humbling ego check because you want to make sure that not only do you stay hungry, but you're truly hungry. Mm. There's a difference between I'm hungry and I'm starving. Yeah. You know, and um, I think that's where the ego check comes in. And, and even further beyond that, the love that's in the room sometimes even helps more, right? Mm-hmm. Being around some legends, you you understand the ego that they have. Or, and you also understand their perspective because that's what you're hoping to get to at some level. Yeah. Even though you may think you may handle it different. Yeah. Because I've seen some artists that are absolutely great won't even speak to you say hi wow right and that's rough right yeah. you, you think about like man i wanted to meet my hero and my hero's a dick. so now you're like oh man you yeah. kind of changed the perspective of that person mm-hmm. but then you meet some artists that are truly phenomenal and they're willing to share even just the slightest bit of gems with you and you're like wow you know that elevates you to a different category so it's, it's humbling man it's humbling and an ego check when you're in the room with these people for sure yeah I think I've, I can't count the many times people have have heard word of mouth or even met mm-hmm. the heroes and find out, yo, these these like jerks. Yeah, yeah, men and women. Yeah. And um, but then again, the other the flip side of that is like if you were in their shoes, if you experienced life the way that they did, right, you would understand exactly. And you have to put yourself in their shoes because, yeah. you know, um, in our industry and and amongst other industries it perpetuates against all trades right yeah it's very competitive the arts you'll find in graphic designers tattoo artists marketing firms anything in the arts is extremely competitive to those who haven't checked their ego yeah so those who have reached a certain level tend to not want to share those gems with you kind of like a presidential book of secrets mm-hmm. because they got to that level through their hard work and some people will take that gem and run with it and capitalize and it, it throws a bad name into the situation sometimes into the mix yeah so the, a lot of things are heavily guarded which i, I understand mm. and some manifest that through an attitude others may just manifest that through a listen you're just not ready yet yeah you know what i mean but here's what i want you to do type of situation yeah so it depends on the person I think, it, I think it was uh, <laughs> it was Method Man. Yeah. He said, um, someone asked him, so how do you feel about people, you know, quoting your, your lyrics? Because right. I think nowadays you can only quote uh, two bars before and beyond that. You get, get, yeah, get plagiarism. Yeah, before you get hit with it. And he said, man, I'm telling you, if you quote my lyrics, I'm coming for you. Yeah, for sure. No matter what you do, for you sure. don't do that. But that's my mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get it. I get that perspective. Yeah. So when I meet artists that would you know try not to even speak to you you have to take it as like oh wow he really does look at me as competition Mm -hmm. and then you also have to say now i gotta get better (laughs) you know what i mean it's because it's rough yeah it's competitive there's a lot of truth in what vincent is saying um especially when it comes to the concept of competition and i think it's safe to say that all of our biggest competition is with ourselves because we're our worst critics and we're constantly trying to get better. We're, we're constantly trying to improve. But most importantly, we're constantly trying to do better than what we did before. Um, Kobe exemplified that beyond comprehension. Um, and that's one thing that I know that we all could admire about him. Um, but yo, I totally get that competitive aspect uh, with Vincent in his field of work.
So continue to listen. This is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with Mr. Vincent Willis. Yeah, and, it's, and he, I know since we on the subject Kobe, you know, his people asked him, so who was your biggest competitor? He said, Iverson. He said, man, that was his one game. And after that, he just, he just got mad. Like, I got to beat him. I got to beat him. Anger's a demon you could possess to really do some magnificent things. Man. It's <laughs> wild. So, uh, what, um, so what crazy uh, pieces have you come across in the last decade? Like, last decade? I've got some wild ones. I won't disclose this one on the air. This one's more of a tattoo shop talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say... Placement of a tattoo is more crazy than the actual piece sometimes. Yeah. You kind of, through art, you kind of see a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from nature to the surreal to fantasy to you name it, any category, right? So yeah. it's less those, it's more about placement. I think placement for me is the craziest aspect of a tattoo. And seeing people put stuff on private parts is rough. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you're like, oh, why are you <laughs> doing this, man? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's rough. Have you ever had to do a face tattoo? Yes, plenty of them. Oh plenty man, of them. Uh, I tend not to publicize them as much. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, stereotypes are still real. Mm. So you have to kind of watch how you market and what you market. Yeah. Um, even though I still do them, I try to. I don't know. As a tattoo artist, you're so inclined to go going against the grain, yeah. and you forget that you're also playing a game sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of walk a fine line between those things. Yeah. Yeah, but I've done plenty. So what's the uh, what's the longest period of time you had to take on one on one piece? One piece, twelve hours. Wow, like yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. breaks. You no, know, well, we took a few breaks. Yeah. Uh, very minimal. Lunch break, of course. Uh, 30 minutes to an hour within that and you know like 10-15 minutes here to adjust needles or wash out water and different types of things yeah um, that was actually on my friend Joshua Cave he's actually in Washington now he's a farmer now he's growing marijuana now <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm super proud of that guy man he came a long way too yeah um, we were in graphic design at Augusta Tech together mm-hmm. and sure enough after he left that he was on his journey and before he left the day before his flight he wanted a full sleeve of tribal 3D mm-hmm. uh, you gotta go back in my files he was probably one of my first long long sittings wow yeah yeah man I've, uh, I remember my my first one um, looking back at it I'm like I should have chose a different design yeah you think so well why do you say that Cause it was like the way that I wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. Number one, I was long, long money. I didn't want to spend a lot. Right on. So I, I literally got what I paid for. Sure. Uh, but the cool thing about it was that I can look at it and say, "This is what I did when I was 21." Right. Yeah, timestamp. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, and yeah. I was like, "This is who I was yeah. at this time," and yeah. it's a representation of that, yeah. of that um, time period. Um, I think the one that I'm most proud of, I got one for. Um, it was. It's a Superman emblem, but instead of an S, it's a C. Oh, and I like that. I've, been, I've been wanting a Superman emblem for a long time. Nothing wrong with that. I see how you see yourself, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah that's and, big, I, man. and I wanted to, because he's my favorite superhero. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. And, um, man, but I've seen some, just some awesome, some awesome work from these artists. And I'm like, man, this is so beautiful. And it's not, 
I think a lot of people just automatically assume y'all just tracing, and that's not true. No, it's not true. Um, there are definitely a lot of elements that you see throughout a lot of pieces for a lot of people, right? Yeah. But the reality is everyone's doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Example. Let's just say you call yourself an original or custom artist in our industry, right? Yeah. The reality, there's nothing custom about it. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. You are just changing an arm, an eye look, a face, a lip. You know, you're adding maybe geometry behind a scarab, or maybe you're just changing the style of a wing. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't qualify as custom. Custom is innovative. Custom is brand new. Custom is something that no one has ever, ever seen before. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I would compare it to, let's just say, the Apple phone. Mm-hmm. No one ever seen that before it came out. You had cell phones, yeah. but you never had something quite as like this, life-changing. Yeah. Right? So that's that's the big difference. Mm. Um, ego talks that way. I see a lot of artists do that, you know, say that you know, original. But you can see a lot, even including myself, man. I have people that walk into the shop and say, hey, listen, this is what I want. I found it on Pinterest. This is what I want to go with. And my first question is like, this is beautiful, right? I want to compliment the person first for coming in and being brave enough to do something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I want to put some perspective in there and I say something such as, would you be open to a little artistic interpretation? The reason why is because we're taking somebody's piece off the internet oh. and duplicating exactly what they have. I want you to have something original, something that represents you and yeah. a little piece of me and something that you'd be more proud to wear to say that I didn't just grab it off Pinterest. We use this influence to create something new yeah so eh, it can play both ways some artists would look at it and be like oh i know that piece it's from pinterest but then you've got like two leaves facing differently you've got maybe a stem coming out or you've changed the eyes completely yeah so, it's up for debate that's that's a touchy debate in our industry but it sounds like you provide y'all provide consultation oh yeah absolutely you- before every tattoo we sit down with our client um who then later become friends and we really we try to, at least I do, I try to tap into the subconscious to see what it is that you're really trying to get mm-hmm. out of that situation, right? Yeah. Because you've got a, a list, a variety of different clients. You don't just have people coming in for tattoo. You've got people healing. You've got people, mm-hmm. you know, in the process of healing. Yeah. You've got people who are clichés. You've got people who are collectors. Uh, you've got a variety of different clients. And some become patients. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's it's deep. I would think our industry in the next five to ten years would evolve more into a clinical basis yeah. um, as art becomes more prevalent in the medical field. Wow. Yeah. I've been saying it for years since I started. I actually look at tattooing more as a optional surgery than I do a nose job. I'll explain that. Let me go a little bit deeper into this because I think this is a topic we should like expand on a little bit. When a client comes in, mm-hmm. and for example, let's just say they're a cutter, right? Yeah. This is someone who's subconsciously been through so much trauma that they felt defeated enough to harm themselves to the point of death or to the point of near death, right? Mm-hmm. Because something hurt them, something troubled their spirit much deeper than just the physical realm. Yeah. And so they manifest that by injury. Well, after those cuts heal, you still see the key lawyer to the scar, 
of that on whatever part of the body it may be. For example, a wrist or a forearm. Well, as you're getting to know the person and you're about to tattoo them, you say, all right, you finally realize at some point, like I'm really covering these scars, this old trauma that this person has been going through with something beautiful, right? If yeah. you're lucky enough to do something like that, yeah. right? which I have, I've been, I've been blessed enough to do that. And um, I covered up a client of mine's scars, just a beautiful flower sleeve, to the point where her mother started noticing within two weeks to six months, attitude change, mm. right? personality, confidence, the ability to inter interact and not use the, that demon of aggression and pain towards people, but channel it towards achieving something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's uh and it's much deeper than just those things and i think clinically we should be able to observe tattooing as a medical profession um, but it takes a lot of work to do those types of things we're talking lobbyists we're talking about documented histories we're talking about psychological reports medical reports yeah um but it's something that i've been looking into for quite some time and i think it's probably my five ten year goal from now yeah. to help our industry get into a a mode where it's an alternative medicine. Yeah. And it sounds like this isn't just what you do, it's who you are. Because oh, yeah. it's an extension of who you are. Oh, for sure. And you can see that you care. And oh, yeah, see that you're sure. concerned about the human being. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, art talks. You'd be surprised, man. A piece walks in, and uh, what you may be going through as artists, the piece is giving you a sign or a symbol. Kind of like uh, the esoteric, right? You can read through all forms of religion, spirituality, uh indoctrinations of any kind mm -hmm. and truly what speaks are symbols through masonry through different branches of occultism through different branches of religion uh you name it yeah. the cross as a symbol of our lord and savior to you know baphomet as blasphemy to you know the pillars of masons to the sun the moon and even to the flags that we're looking right out here on this balcony. The, yeah. the symbols stand for something, yeah. and they call the subconscious to act a certain way. Mm. So it, it's much, much deeper. Wow. Mm. I've never heard a tattoo artist speak at, on this level, because usually yeah. when you see them, they're always working, and you're, always, and you're serving. Oh, you're yeah. serving. You have people that come up to you and say, this is what I want, I'll, I'll do that for you. Mm -hmm. and, but you never, we as clients, we never get the opportunity to actually hear from you guys. Oh, yeah. And and it's not just something that you all take lightly, yeah. you know. And it's just hearing you speak more and more about it, and even referencing the clinical aspect, mm -hmm. which is one thing that we're I'm glad that society is really starting to get on board with. Because if you think back, you think about what people did and how they reacted, and you're like, oh, that's just them being now. Like, no, they had a clinical issue, yeah. And being able to address it through your art right. and help people heal, right? that's a big deal. Yeah, it's huge, man. Hello to you guys listeners. If you haven't heard already, my chat book titled Resignation is out for order. Just go to lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. It's an online publishing company. Type in Calvin Pennywell Jr. And there it is. This chat book consists of literary illustrations of my journey through manhood over the last decade. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram for more details. Be inspired and be helpful to others. And now, back to the episode. You take mentally unstable patients nowadays and you give them crafts, right? Yeah. While they're in the psych ward. 
you give them the ability to you know reclaim their cognitive skills and their artistic abilities by giving them painting or model cars to do yeah same applies to the skin when you wear it daily it's a symbol to the subconscious for a call of action mm. and those symbols very much like uh let's just take a, a grandma proverb you're gonna see some cardinals your mother just passed Mm -hmm. within a week you see three four five cardinals and you're like what's happening like is that mm -hmm. mom in spirit form trying to talk to me yeah and uh, those symbols that you wear truly align the path that you're going through yeah so it's deep i was at um sprouts one day and it was hot i think i just came from the gym so my arm was exposed mm -hmm. and a woman said what's that scripture again and i was like i had to think about it mm -hmm. and i was like oh yeah Okay, I remembered it. Without mm -hmm. looking at it, I walked off and I said, I knew that was God's way of reminding me. What, yes, whatever this, whatever Proverbs 3, verse 5 through yeah. 6 is saying, yeah. you need to reiterate that. That's right. And he had somebody come up to me and say that. I'm like, yeah. dang. Angel in physical flesh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So, um, so what is, what does this, what does tattoo artistry do for you personally? For me personally, man, it provides, in the physical realm, for me, uh, um, a way to provide for my family, right? Yeah. I've always considered myself a hunter, so I think um, going from job to job, lesson to lesson, path to path, to come to a, what you would say, a melting pot, maybe a cauldron of all these things and life lessons to be heated up into this position now where I'm an artist and able to actually provide with that right because you hear oh, the term man. starving yeah. artists yeah. all the time right yeah. and i don't believe in that no more i truly i believe that once you evolve past the mentality of being a starving artist you will never be broke again mm -hmm. um and for me it helps me provide man honestly it it calms my soul to be able to go to work no matter my day right let's just say let's say you're married you're single mm -hmm. let's say anything right if you possess this ability and you know how to tap into the superpower, you're able to take your day 180, mm -hmm. the whole nine. The moment you step into the world and you know you're about to do this, your mentality flips into something that you would never expect it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Patience, calmness, the flow. And if you can tap into it, man, it's uh, art is one of many tantric ways to do that. Mm -hmm. It's what I find. So in the physical realm, provide. In the spiritual realm, for me, it does so much more. It helps me evolve. Yeah. And as a human, it does too, but it's more of a, because we're playing the game of society, mm -hmm. it's a providing tool mm -hmm. at the moment. I remember, um, and I've heard many people say it, as a local entrepreneur by the name of uh, Latasha Lewis, mm -hmm. and she reiterated the concept of if you're able to provide a solution mm. to a problem, oh yeah, then you yeah. create a, a business. You've done it. You've done it. You've stepped into the realm of being a healer for the world. You found your purpose. Yeah. You just didn't realize it at that point. And uh, doing those types of things, right? Finding out through selfishness that you needed to serve the whole time in order mm. to provide for yourself. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> check that on the list. We're good, man. Keep moving. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a that's a huge um, heart check. Yeah. Especially for yeah. us guys thinking yeah. that we have everything, we can no, do man. everything. No. 
uh, that we've set our minds to, but that moment of weakness, yeah. when you're in those dark corners. Yeah. yeah. Even, even now that I know I can provide, every day I walk out the house in full confidence knowing that I make money out of thin air. No matter what I'm going to do today, I know I'm going to make it out of thin air mm. through what I already have knowledge-wise, the gems that I've been given. Yeah. You still have those moments of physical stress where you're like, where's my next dollar coming from today? Mm. You know, what am I going to do? What if this doesn't work out? But again, that's just the subconscious mind trying to check you on where you really stand in your square. Yeah, you know I mean, if you stand firm, you'll be good. But it does happen because we're human. Mm-hmm. So the, your circle of friends and family has that evolved over the last uh, few years in a sense where you surround yourself with people that you know are gonna thrust you forward. Mama mentality all the way through, man. Yeah. Uh, so from the very beginning of my time, the journey in life to now. Uh, first, let me say this, right? As a tattoo artist. I was obligated and I I made it a firm belief to myself too to obligate that as Mm -hmm. well my weekends completely gone cancel me out of any of your weekend plans unless I truly have a very slow day or nothing booked Mm -hmm. and the reason why is because in our industry our busiest times our peak times are Friday Saturday and Sunday the occasional Thursday night of course too Mm -hmm. but our peaks Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's when the regular nine to fiver is free. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come to us for that release, for that medicine, for that time away, for that new bucket list item, for the ability to escape reality. Yeah. So we serve as that artist, shaman, healer, whatever you want to call us, right? Mm-hmm. At that point in time for that person. So I sacrificed so many cookouts, so many family gatherings, mm. so many friends that didn't understand it, right? Yeah. Even the transition from friends who were like, oh, man, you know, you, you ain't, you're not going to say it out loud. My shit sucks at this point in time, right? Yeah. But I know you're thinking it because of your actions and how your body movements, people don't understand. You could really read those things. You could feel those things, especially if you have the ability to tap into reading colors and emotions and those types of things. Mm-hmm. So I got rid of a multitude of friends, man, a multitude, to be able to get myself to this point because I knew this was coming. I knew that at some point in time I was going to have to provide for everybody else. So to cut the people who could never provide for me any stability emotionally, physically, friend, whatever you want to call it, right, was mandated. Mm. Mandatory. Wow. Yeah. Sacrificing those. Um. Because for me right now, my weekends are free. Yeah. Because back when I was working at Target. Yeah. You know, you literally had to work. Yeah. And not to down. Um. Yeah. Not to corporate down world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was. Um. I for me. Yeah. And for most of us, I needed more. Of course. And not just more money, but more life. Yes. I agree with you, man. Especially the people. What? Especially involving the people that mean the most to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, throughout time, you learn that those are the most valuable things. Yeah. Right. You almost, when you hear like, I will continue on this topic with the Kobe. Right? Yeah. You can easily shed a tear because you know a daughter and a father were lost to a sister and a mother. Mm-hmm. And you think about those moments and you're like, man, was everything else worth it? 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Where all those family cookouts sacrifice worth it? Were all the time away from friends and family worth it? Mm-hmm. Were all these things worth it? And mm, I think he would say yes. Yeah. I know I would. And and it's not to achieve a goal, but it's to achieve self-discipline, the evolution of the mind, mm-hmm. to be able to do things that the ordinary human can't do. Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. I remember um, a close friend of mine, where well, the family was close family, and the, the, the father, he was a father figure to me. Yeah. And I remember uh, during his last year, because he was diagnosed with lung cancer, and throughout that whole process, to see him physically disappear, mm. but still stay the man that he's always been. Mm. And I remember him being such a hard worker, but that hard work allowed them to go on these trips mm-hmm. and to go overseas. Yeah, life and experiences. Yes. Priceless life experiences. I want that for my kids. Yeah. I want to make sure every vacation, every hike, every moment away from home, you know, it's uh it's you realize it's a learning experience, but it's a fun learning experience without you even knowing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think we all have I would at least I would hope that most of us have an example of a hard worker in our in our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you had a lazy person around you, I hope that motivated you to be a hard worker because you yeah. know you wanted more. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so uh, just quickly, I guess we've got three minutes left. Um, the sure. concept of fatherhood. Yeah. How did, what, how's that been for you? Life changing, man. <laughs> my daughter's a firecracker. I'm scared. Oh, wow. And my son, man, he's an empath and man, he's got abilities that he doesn't even know he has yet. Yeah. It's a it's a wild journey to watch, man. Father has changed fatherhood has changed my perspective on um, people, philosophies, life lessons, mm-hmm. um, how you move, where you move, timing. I the phrase "there's a time and place for everything" mm-hmm. has hit me on a much broader level wow. now as a father, uh, and than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's it's. That's that's a whole hour conversation, man. Yeah. Wow, bro. Yeah. Because I was at the same time while I'm watching you progress as an artist, watching you progress as a parent, and as a as a um, as a you're married, right? Uh, You could call it that. (laughs) It's marriage, man. Commitment doesn't require a ring or paper. I believe that if you're committed, it's marriage. But progressing as a family man, as a spouse, and just seeing that. And since we're riding this wave of Kobe, that was the beautiful thing about him, was that we've seen him evolve as an athlete. And we finally get to see him as the father at the very end. And you never see those things through the media, you know? No. You never see those things. And, uh... That's why I'm very reserved when I come to like posting my family, my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're there, right? And they will always be there. What I'm looking to do now is help people achieve the best version of themselves through art and heal that part of whatever that is that they're going through, right? Because yeah. the art will do it, guaranteed, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just on the delivery and the execution if you have an artist that can pull it off. And it says so much more volumes to his legacy, right? Or to mm-hmm. anyone's legacy who is truly portrayed as like the most amazing basketball player to at the very end, you're like, no, he was also an amazing father. Yeah, he did um, He did so much. And th- what you're doing is a great service. And Thanks, um, I appreciate the support, man. Like, it's just, I was just absolutely amazed. Yeah. And I was like, for somebody 
to pay attention to detail. That's not just in reference to your art, but in his life, because yeah. you got to pinpoint these small things to create this bigger picture. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, but I'm gonna ask you this this one last question. I enjoy asking it because the uh, the answers always vary. Mm -hmm. um, from beginning as far back as you can remember mm -hmm. to now, uh, what would you say is the glory in your story? Oh, this is a this is a very broad question. <laughs> um, in this chapter, mm -hmm. as I'm turning the pages and writing my book right now, I think the glory to this point has been the ability to open the mind up to things that you could not have thought were would happen. Yeah. I think those things really encourage us to become the person that we're meant to be a decade from now, two, three decades from now. Mm -hmm. I think that's the real glory. You know, you, you think about life as a whole, and right now we're in a very minuscule, very, very, like, atomic-sized level of what the whole role plays in. Yeah. So in this chapter, it's that. That's what's up. Yeah. But um, but thank you for your time, man. I know I it's short. Thank you having me, man. This was nice. I love it. And Great thank guy. you. And first of all, I do want to shed light on your professionalism. Thank you, bro. Like that. That means a lot. Thank you, man to man. Yeah, that means a that, whole man. lot. Thank you, whole lot, man. So uh, for those of you who are listening, this is the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories with Mr. Vincent Willis. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories.